0: episode 168, Tipitaka, part 100, in which uh, I will be reciting Nisagia 1. Our special guest today has not arrived, and there's more than one. So, okay, it's, uh, it's the 100th Tipitaka recital, so I thought to celebrate... We could do something special. So here's what I've done. Um, if this is not the first time that you're hearing me, then you probably already know that occasionally um, these a, a person's name, their specific name is mentioned. Sometimes it'll say, a certain monk did this and it was bad. So they made a rule, don't do that. Other times they say, the venerable Udayin did this and it was bad. So they made a rule, don't do that. It's bad, right? Or the nun, Dulananda, for instance. Um, So I thought it would be fun. And sidebar, uh, one of the things that motivated me to do this in the first place, this whole project of getting all these books, reading all these books, the whole thing, was I wanted to be able to understand when someone like, for example, Master Dogen, in the twelve hundreds, um, makes reference they, they, because all of the monks that he was talking to were familiar with the Tipitaka, or in Mahayana, they were all pretty familiar with the uh, Tipitaka already. So they would make reference and say, "Do not be like Upananda and tear the robe off your brother's." You know, I mean, I'm just making that up out of the air. But that they occasionally make reference to things, not just. Um, you know monks that did something wrong but other things too so my goal is uh in one of my goals my main goal really in doing this project is to be familiar enough with all of the um, the original scriptures the source texts the uh the sutras and the Tipitaka, to be able to catch every reference that's being made when one of the great masters of old or today uh, is talking. I mean, I think today, especially when they're talking to a broad audience, they know that there's people tuning in. You know, uh, then they'll they probably won't just say, you know, remember the lesson of of so and so, and then uh, you know, not explain, but more more like uh, masters of old when they were speaking to uh, initiated monks and nuns who were familiar with the scriptures. Um, so I want to be familiar with the scriptures so that nothing passes me by, so that I don't have to go chasing footnotes, that all the footnotes will be in my head already. So it's, it's sort of, uh, a friend of mine called it Sutrayana. It's, uh, it's sort of adjacent to, you know, other paths. Uh, it's more of a scholarly, mental reading approach, literary approach to Buddhism, really. Um, so all of that being said, I've put together something of a rogues gallery. Now, for those who aren't familiar with that phrase, here's a couple of examples of rogues galleries. So basically, like, for example, in, in the Batman universe or in the Spider-Man universe, you might have, you know, the, the main 8 to 12 uh, villains that occasionally pop up in, uh, in those worlds, and so they call that the rogues gallery, right? A gallery of rogues. So I've put together um, a tipitaka rogues gallery of what we've covered, just what we've covered so far. And for those who are just tuning in, that includes the, uh, the Sutta Vibhanga uh, and the, uh, the Bikuni Vibhanga. So in other words, the, um, the rules for monks, all of them, and just the beginning of, of the rules for nuns. Uh, we've covered the defeat rules, so you get kicked out for. And uh, we're currently going through the uh, the formal meeting rules. Or I think actually we just finished. That's why we're doing uh, nisagia, which, if I'm not mistaken, is uh, forfeiture, expiation involving forfeiture. So we're going to read the first one of those today. Um, and uh, so, so all of the recurring characters who, uh, who turned up in all of those in the past, in the previous 99 episodes of recitals in these two books, and, uh, and so far in this book, we're about halfway through the third book of the Tipitaka, all of the recurring characters, most of them who, you know, did something wrong, some of them who are like, oh, my God, this person is like, something's wrong. This person you know like why are they doing something so obviously wrong and other times it's you know more innocent um, just someone made a mistake didn't really think it through or Lord Buddha wanted to clarify like that's not the kind of behavior that uh, that we should be you know having in the order and of course the, these are old rules so these are from basically 2600 years ago though they were written down after that um, these are, this is for the original sangha. So rules for monks today, obviously, um, aren't going to be a, completely the same. Um, obviously, the big ones, you know, I, in most you know, monastic orders, you're, not supposed to, you're supposed to be celibate, and then you're not supposed to steal or kill. But that's like, yeah, obviously. I mean, most people live under a, a system of laws where that's illegal, right? Um, and things like that. Uh, the fourth big rule, by the way, among uh, monks is don't pretend to be like more enlightened than you are or have uh, CDs that you don't have. Don't fool people into thinking that you're some great master when you're not. Um, if you are a great master, then uh, that's fine. If you go around telling people you're a great master and you are a great master, that's a different rule that you're breaking. <laughs> but it's not one of the big rules. When you're not a great master and you say you are, that's a big rule. And this is for monks, obviously, and nuns. These aren't rules for lay people, but not rules for you and I, in other words, unless you happen to be a Tipitaka, I mean, a Theravada monk or nun. So, okay, without further ado, I don't wanna uh, you know, delay this too much longer. Let's get to it. First up, in order of appearance, we're going in order of appearance, uh, starting from the beginning of the Tipitaka. Oh, by the way, sorry, one last thing is I'm going to be mentioning as I go uh, in which scripture the, this, whatever event it is, I'm going to be like summarizing the event real fast and saying which scripture it's in. So if you, if one of them catches your interest, just remember or write down the, uh, which rule it was, there'll be a a type of rule and a number, just write that down. And afterward, you can click here um, and you can find that link. If you look below, by the way, I'm talking to the people on YouTube when I say all this, Um, and you can find in those 99 episodes in which episode I recite and comment on that particular rule. So there you go. So this is sort of like a table of contents. This doesn't include all the rules because some of the rules, as I mentioned, were just, there was, you know, at one time there was a certain group of monks and they did this, but other times it was the group of six monks a lot of the time, actually. Um, so they, they are included in the rogues gallery, but, uh, or the monks at a are included, uh, but not when it says, you know, there was a certain monk and it's, then it's like, okay, so that's not included. All right. First up we have Sudina, the Kalindaka. So, uh, by the way, if you're only listening to the audio on this, I really recommend, um, yeah, I mean, you can, sure. If you'd like. Uh, but I do recommend looking at the video. If you're on Spotify, I apologize. Spotify just uh, leaves off some episodes. Uh, I think episode uh, Talker 98 is just missing. And I, I don't know. It's on everything else. It's on Apple Podcasts. It's on Amazon Podcasts. It's on every little random podcast app that you can download on an Android phone. Um, and it's on YouTube and it's on the Internet Archive. But not Spotify. Why? Because Spotify sucks. Anyway. Uh, yeah, so so this is one you want to see visually. You can see it visually on archive.org. You can see it visually on Spotify if Spotify allows this episode up, which is something I don't know because I haven't obviously uploaded it yet because I'm recording it. Um, the videos are usually there available to watch on Spotify as well, or YouTube, obviously. If you go to YouTube, just type in Buddhist Books Podcast, and you can find TP Talk at 100. It's really worth seeing it visually. So, for those with us who are seeing it visually already on YouTube, um, you might have noticed that Sudina the Kalandaka looked a lot like Philip J. Fry from Futurama. Um, of course, they didn't have uh, cameras back then, and no one was really, you know, doing portraiture painting of, uh, of the naughty monks and nuns back then. So, we don't know what they look like. It probably looks nothing like Fry from Futurama, but that's just who's going to be representing him in uh, the Buddhist Books podcast Rogues Gallery, Taco Rogues Gallery, from here on out. So what did he do? Sudina the Kalandaka had sex with his former wife. Before he was a monk, he was a married man, and he left the uh, he left that life and became a monk. And long story short, his parents talked him into just one time having sex with his former wife so that they could have a child, so they could pass on the inheritance. If you want to hear about it, check out Parajiko 1. I'm moving on. Dania the Potter's Son, the Hamburglar from the old McDonald's ads, because the rule that was established is don't steal. Uh, what he did was he stole wood sticks from King Senia Bimbisara of Magad in Parajika II. Next up, Megalandika, a sham recluse represented by Jikobo from Princess Mononoke. Uh, he murdered a group of monks because they asked him to. They said, you can have our bowls and robes if you kill us. And he did that. Um, so he wasn't part of the Sangha. He wasn't a Buddhist. He was a follower of another sect, I guess. Um, and, or a sham recluse. He just wasn't, wasn't a real guy. Um, I mean, he was a real guy, basically, in the story, uh, but he wasn't part of the sangha. But anyway, so the rule, don't murder, don't cause others to murder, you know, don't don't take away life from a human being. Parajika 3. Next, the venerable Sayasaka, here represented by Peter Griffin from Family Guy. So he was really sad, and then the venerable Udayin, we'll get to him later, um, told the venerable Sayasaka why don't you try masturbating? And so he's like, really? Should, should I do that? And Udayin said, I do. And so uh, Sayasaka tried it, and he was walking around was in a much better mood. And then, why are you in such a good mood, Sayasaka? Oh, well, I uh, emitted semen with my hand, is how it's described in the tipitaka. Masturbation, of course, is the English word for that. Okay, next up, the Venerable Udayin who I just mentioned. You're already familiar with him. Here represented by Glenn Quagmire uh, from Family Guy. So in addition to recommending that Sayasaka masturbate in Sangha De Sessa 1, by the way. So that's not one of the rules where you get kicked out. This is a rule where you have to have a formal meeting and you're on probation for a while and you have to like go through the Manata discipline and you're back at stage 1 of your of your progress. So it's a big rule, but not the biggest rule. Um, so in Sangha desesa 2, Udayan rubbed up against the Brahmin's wife. Don't do that. Um, in Sangha desesa 3, he invited, well, ladies came over and said, Can we see your house or your hut? Because it was supposed to be a really good hut. And he invited them in and he talked about their privates, praised them, their privates, and uh, blamed. And begged and implored, asked, questioned, described, exhorted, and abused verbally about their their private parts. He uh, in Sangha de Desafor Udayan propositions the widow. She undresses uh a, a widow he there's a, a follower of his and he goes and he speaks the dharma and she's like is there anything else i can do and he's like well and so she's like okay you sure and he's like yeah that'd be great so she takes her clothes off and he says who could touch this evil smelling wretch spits and leaves don't do that Udayin. um sangha Decesa four that was in sangha dsessa five Udayin acts as a go-between um, naked disciples, maybe Jainists. I don't know. Maybe there were other naked disciples among the Shwayana sects of the, uh, the era. Um, some of whom we know about mostly through the Tipitaka and, uh, many, most of them we don't know about. Um, so anyway, some naked disciples said, Hey, Udayin, we want our son to marry that girl, uh, the courtesan's daughter. And Udayan was like, all right. And he went and told the courtesans, uh, Hey, let your daughter marry the son of that family. They're good. I know them. And they're like, well, if you, if you say so, Udayin. And then it turns out badly. Don't do that, Udayin. Don't be a go-between. Next, the young girl of a family had been given in marriage to a boy of a certain family. Udayin showed up at the girl's parents' house and said, where's the girl? And uh, they said, well, she married, you know, that guy. So he went to their house and then uh, sat with the girl in a private place to speak the Dhamma as Dharma for the uh, Sanskrit folk. So, of course, people speculated that there was something fishy going on. Don't do that, Udayin. Uh, He also sat with a young girl, I think the same young girl, in a visible place that was far enough away from people that they couldn't hear what they were talking about. And people were like, what are they talking? Don't do that. Udayin. Um, Udayin's former wife. This one's fun. Okay. I'll run through it really quickly. Udayin was married. Then he became a monk and his wife became a nun. So now they have to behave like monk and nun and they're not like a married couple anymore. So his former wife, he would go have lunch with her every day. And every day she would like expose parts, her privates, and he would like touch himself, you know, and, and become aroused. And, uh, so every day he did this right at, at lunch. And, uh, then, you know, one day after who knows how many months of, uh, of, of this building up, he, uh, on the inside of his robe, I'll let you use your imagination. He just and so uh, she cleaned it for him, and it touched her in a certain place, and then she got pregnant. Don't do that, Udayin. All right, so the rule ends up being um, monks aren't allowed to have nuns wash their robes unless the nuns are related to them. Um, that's actually Nisagiya 4, so we've moved beyond uh, Sangha De Sessa. The where's the girl um, in a private place was Aniyata 1 and 2. Aniata means undetermined because it kind of depends on, you know, certain things, like if, if he did do something inappropriate or not. So if he's, do, doing, if he's in private with a girl, then it, it's either this issue or it's that issue, depending on what he was doing in private. So they question him and say, what did you do? So it's not uh, clear exactly what kind of rule it is until you get more information. Next... So that was Nisagia 4, was Udayin's former life, the lunch accident, right? Next, in Nisagia 5, Udayin pressured the nun Upalavana into giving him her inner robe. They don't say why he wanted it, but anyway, moving along. Udayin taught Dhamma to women privately was a, a mother and her daughter-in-law in their home and uh well anyway people speculated uh, women in private don't don't teach women in private you have to have a man there that was one, uh 7 Pakitia is uh, expiation but not expiation regarding forfeiture that was nisagia if i remember correctly Udayin next made a robe for a nun with a bold design in the middle. He didn't tell her it had a bold design. He told her to sit in a certain area where all the other nuns would see. And when uh, she revealed the bold design, then people were like, where did you get that robe? So monks don't make robes for nuns. That's Pakitiya 26. Udayin sat together in a private place with his former wife, who was a nun, that's Pacquiao 30. If I had to guess, I'd say he broke that rule before he, uh, on the inside of his robe, right? Or maybe he, was, he broke both of these rules at the same time, or whatever. So some of these rules seem to be out of order. That'll become more apparent as we move through this uh, fun... Uh, thing, Udayin, next shot crows with a bow and arrow and cut off their heads because they were annoying him. And he put their heads on little stakes. That was Paky T S sixty one. See what I mean? Udayin. he's like sexually harassing women, you know, spitting and saying "ew," I, who would do that, you know, and uh, and then cutting off the heads of crows. He's a little weird, a little weird. Udayan. All right, next the monks at. Alavi. So uh, as you can see, we have sort of random characters from the Earth Kingdom in Avatar, the last airbender representing the monks at Alavi. In Sangha de Sessa 6, they built very grand huts and viharas for themselves, for which they were begging the local community for supplies, uh, to such a degree that the local community would run from monks. And uh, even apparently at one point they saw cows in the distance and they all hid because they thought they were monks. So, uh, yeah, don't do that, uh, monks, uh, at a lobby. The uh, rule ends up being, you know, don't make your house bigger than a certain size. Making the, Next, they were making repairs and cut vegetable growth and a devata, a devata, a spirit, basically, uh, was living in the tree they cut. And so it decided to get to retaliate and just murder some of these monks for, uh, at a lobby. But then decided, thought better of it, and the spirit went to Lord Buddha and said, uh, you know, I was going to kill those monks for cutting down my tree, but I decided not to. I decided I should come tell you about it. And Buddha's like, it's good that you told me. So he made that rule. So the story goes. Next, the monks at a lave sprinkled grass and clay with water which they knew contained life. That was in Pakitia 20. So, there you have the monks at a lave. Thank you, monks at a lave, for joining us. Next, the venerable Chana, uh, here represented by Homer Simpson uh, from The Simpsons. So, he uh, cleared a site for a Vihara and cut down a tree that was used as a shrine revered by the village, the town, and even the whole kingdom. That's right. Rule established. Do not kill even one-facultied people is what the Buddha said. one faculty being um, one sense. So he's talking about like Bacteria and stuff. I mean, you know, he's talking about the tiny critters. Um, so he's saying, don't make these tiny little life forms homeless by cutting down trees. So really interesting rule, that one, and, and uh, kind of shows in, into the heart of the ahimsa, the nonviolence inherent in um, Buddhist teachings, at least early, original Buddhist teachings. Um, and also, in addition, the uh, a group of monks has to come and approve and mark out any site that a monk wants to build a Vihara on. So you can't just, monks can't just decide on their own. They have to get a group to agree that this is an okay place, and nothing, no life form, will be harmed if you build there. That's Sanghādisesa seven, one of the good ones, in my opinion. Chana indulged in bad habits. Other monks corrected him. He refused to listen to their criticism. That was in Sanghādisesa twelve. Next, having indulged in bad habits, he was being examined in the midst of the order and said, who is committed? What has he committed? On what grounds has he committed? How has he committed? What do you say? Why do you say it? That was Pagetia 12. Chana just... When a donor gave him a dwelling place, Chana had it roofed and plastered again and again until it collapsed under its own weight, all the while despoiling the cornfield of a local Brahmin by gathering sticks and grass. That was Pakitiya 19. Don't do that, Chana. Indulged in bad habits, other monks corrected him. He kept doing it out of disrespect, Pakitiya 54. Indulged in bad habits, a monk corrected him, and he said, I will not train myself in this role until I speak to another monk who is expert in discipline, in Pakitiya 71. In Pakitia 87, he laid down on a high couch. In Pakitia 89, he put a cloth on a couch that hung down the front and the back. In Pakitia 90, he wore itch cloths that were not of proper measure. And in Pakitia 91, he wore cloths for the rains that were not of proper measure. Maybe clothes for the rains. Next. Um, okay, so. I'm first going to mention someone who's not a rogue. Uh, his name is the Master Daba the Malian, here represented by Aang from Avatar the Last Airbender. Daba the Malian, seven years after his birth, attained perfection, arhatship. And uh, then he decided he should do something useful, so he uh, became the distributor of food and lodgings. That was in Sangha De Sessa 8. Now, Here's where we get to the rogues. Metia and Buma Jaka. There, you can see them better now. Um, Hotep and Hoy, or Hoy, from Prince of Egypt. Now, they weren't the criminals uh, in this case. They weren't the ones doing something naughty. Their students were, but they aren't given names. So they're just called the students of Hotep and Hoy. I mean, the students of (laughs) Metia and Buma Jaka. So they... um, they were given inferior food and lodgings and blamed Daba the Mali and said he was practicing favoritism. And uh, that, that was Pakitiya 13. And in Sangha Dissessa 9, they um, decided to get even. Uh, or rather, in Sangha Dissessa 8, they, they conspired with a nun named Metia. So, uh, yes, here she's, as you can see, represented by Vanessa from The Little Mermaid, which is Ursula in disguise. So, anyway, so she's being deceptive. What she did, or what they told her to do, these monks, they said, we're going to get Daba the Malian kicked out. Go tell Lord Buddha that he forced himself on you. Um, assaulted you. You know what I'm saying. He, he had intercourse with you against your will, right? So she did. And then, uh, then it came out that um, that it wasn't true. And, uh, you know, Buddha... First, Buddha asked of the Mali. He's like, I didn't do it. wouldn't be, right? And uh, then eventually, um, the monks admitted that they put the nun up to this um, deception so that they could get Dabba the Mali and kicked out. And uh, Buddha kicked the nun out. Um, but then uh, later, in Sangha 9, these same... Students of uh, Mettia and bumajaka uh, saw two goats making love, right? So they said, okay, the male goat, we're going to name Daba the Malian. The female goat, we're going to name the nun Mettia. So we can honestly tell Lord Buddha that we saw with our own eyes that they were doing it. And then that didn't work out either. Don't do that, silly students of Mettia and Bhuma Jaka. Next, we have Devadatta, as you can see, he's represented here by Jafar from Aladdin. From what I understand, he was a cousin of Lord Buddha, but they didn't mention that in the text so far. But he fomented schism. In other words, if you're not familiar with the word, he, you know, actively is trying to, like, get a group of Buddha's order to leave and start a new order with him at the head, Right. Uh, by saying, you know, Buddha's not strict enough. He's, you know, he, that uh, hanging out in the village leads to sinful behavior. So he should make a rule that everybody should just stay in the woods. And Buddha's like, no, I'm not going to make that rule, you know. And he's like, well, then you're not really teaching Dhamma then, are you? You know, so it's a, a bad scene. So Devadatta, don't do it. That was in Sangha Dicesa 10. He started a conspiracy with Kokalika. Saka and the son of Lady Kanda, as well as Samudadatta, right? These four. Um, so they were followers of Devadatta. They were all in agreement that Devadatta's way was best. And uh, so in Sanghanisessa 11, they defended Devadatta. So, so they're the, they were these guys, the guilty party in uh Sangri Sessa eleven. Next we have Asaji and Punabasu, here represented by Pumba and Timon from uh, from The Lion King, the original, not the live action remake, or whatever that was. Um, yeah, the original from the nineties. Um, so students of theirs, again, they're called students of Asaji and Punabasu, so they get the blame. They get the be the name attached to this story. Students of theirs planted flowering trees, made garlands, wreaths, ear ornaments, breastplates, and then sent them to wives, daughters, uh, girls, and slaves, female slaves of reputable families. And then with them, <clears throat> they ate together from one dish, drank from one beaker, sat on one seat, shared a couch, a mat, a coverlet, ate at the wrong time drank intoxicants, wore garlands, wore perfumes, sang, danced, played musical instruments, sported, sang and played while, sh- while the lady danced and uh, desired, gambled on checkerboards and uh, drop boards, played tip cat. Apparently you hit a, a short stick with a long stick. Doesn't sound very exciting to me. <clears throat> and uh, many more games. They mimicked deformities. They uh, learned elephant lore, horse lore, archery, swordsmanship, would run in front of elephants' carts. They'd whistle, wrestle, fight with their fists, spread out their upper robes as a stage, and say to the dancing girl, dance here, sister, and applaud. They did all that in Sangha Necessa 13. Uh, You should teach your students better, in my opinion. All right, moving along. Next, okay. We're going to be here for a little while. The group of six monks. And yes, that's Heathcliff and the gang. You Xennials, uh, uh, that's like on the border between Gen X and Millennial, might remember them. So, I'll get right to it. And I'll move quickly because there's a lot. They bathed in one set of robes and then changed into a second set of robes afterward. Nisagia 1 in which the maximum number of robes is established. Spoilers, it's three. But you can keep four for ten days for certain reasons. Anyway, um, they also asked for robes on behalf of a monk whose robe was stolen. They took many robes, Nisagia 7. The group of six monks asked for silk worms in Nisagia 11. They had a rug made with pure black sheep's wool in Nisegia 12. Don't do that. That's decadent. They made a rug of black sheep's wool with only a thin seam of white wool after you know, the, as, trying to find a loophole around Nisegea 12. They did this in Nisegea 13. In Nisegia 17, they had sheep's wool washed, dyed, and combed by nuns, and these nuns then neglected their studies and their regular practices. They did various transactions with gold and silver in Nisagia 19. They made a hoard of many bowls in Nisagia 21. Everybody gets one bowl, was the rule established there. Uh, they chose clothes to be given during the rains before the rains, then went naked when the clothes got wet from the rain in Nisagia 24. They asked for much yarn to have it woven by weavers in Nisagia 26. Uh, They knew that robe material was to be donated to the order and said, give the robe material to us. In Nisagia 30, they quarreled with well-behaved monks, jeered at them, scoffed at them about birth, name, clan, work, craft, disease, distinguishing mark, passion, attainment, and low mode of address in Pakitiya 2, they brought slander against monks for quarreling, disputing, engaging in contention, and thus causing dissension and quarrels that had not been there previously to arise. Uh, Pakitia 3, they made lay followers speak Dhamma line by line. In Pakitya 4, so apparently there was a rule where you couldn't just make them memorize the Buddha's teachings. You had to explain it to them. And uh, use examples and engage with them, right? Um, they bought they brought an unlearned man to attend while they were teaching dhamma uh, to women, and then the rule was established that if you're going to bring a man along so that you can teach dhamma to women, uh, then uh, he has to be a learned man. Right? Pakkatiya seven that was. They teased Upananda. That's Upananda. Uh, in front of lay followers for being on probation for masturbating or intentionally emitting semen. So, they yeah, they made fun of him in front of non-monks and let them know what he had done and that he was on probation. Don't do that. keep Keep it private in the order. Pachytia 9, that was. They laid down in sleeping places intended for the elder monks in Pachytia 16. They waited until the group of 17 monks... That will make sense later. Uh, finished repairing a sleeping place, then grabbed them by the throats and threw them out and took the sleeping place from them in Pachytia 17. See these, these, uh, this group of six monks? You might notice there's a female among them here with the cats. They're up to something. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, they exhorted nuns to receive requisites. And gave only inferior talk, dismissing them. Go, sisters. Pakitiya 21. They exhorted the nuns at the nuns' quarters, rather than meeting somewhere or having the nuns come to them in Pakitia 23. Not supposed to do that. They claimed that the elder monks were exhorting the nuns only to gain requisites, which is what they were doing, right? Uh, Pakitia 24. They arranged to travel along the high road with nuns in Pakitia 27. Don't do that, right? Arrange to travel together in one boat with nuns in Pakitia 28. Now, there's, this is moving, again, very generally and quickly. There's more, a lot more if you go actually listen to each one of these. is like a 45-minute long story. So there's exceptions. Like if it's a dangerous area, then you can travel with the nuns to like protect them, right? Um, but if you're just walking near a village and every, everybody can see you and there's no opportunity for someone to attack the nuns, then the nuns should walk without monks, right? They stayed on and on receiving alms in a public rest house in Pakitiya 31. They asked for sumptuous food for themselves and ate it in Pakitiya 39. They asked a donor for medicine And he told them to wait a day, and they refused to wait in Pakitia 47. They went to watch a battle in Pakitea 48. 47 was the medicine one. Uh, They stayed with an army for more than three nights. Apparently, there was some business with the army, and you're not supposed to stay for more than three nights. That's Pakitea 49. They went to see a sham fight, so the army was dividing up, you know, like when... The team is practicing. They do shirts and skins or whatever, or they divide the team in half or invert the colors and, and have a, a practice fight. So there was a sham fight, right? Makes sense. of 50. They got drunk in of 51. They tickled the group of 17 monks until one of the 17 monks died. <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean to laugh at that. I get Time plus... Uh, plus tragedy equals comedy, right? 2,600 years is enough, I think. of 52, that was. They frightened the group of 17 monks, causing them to cry out in of 55. They knew that the king, the local king, was waiting for them to finish bathing so that he could wash his head, but they kept bathing anyway in of 57. They hid the bowls of the group of 17 monks in of 60. They knowingly made use of water which contained living things in Pachytia 62. They brought up for debate a matter that had already been formally, formal, formally settled in Pachytia 63. They ate and shared a sleeping place with Arita, that guy, we'll get to him later, uh, knowing no one was supposed to talk to him in 69. They said, on account of what are these lesser and minor rules of teaching recited, they only tend toward remorse, vexation, and perplexity. In Pachitia 72, during the recitation of the Padimoka, the recitation of all these rules, every half month, uh, the monks would recite all the rules for monks, and the nuns would recite all the rules for nuns so that they wouldn't forget the rules, right? They didn't write them down. Uh, During the recitation, these six monks Interrupted it, saying, only now do we understand that this rule is, as is said, handed down in a clause, contained in a clause, and comes up for recitation every half month. Stop interrupting. Stop talking in the middle of the recitation. Pachetia 73. Angry and displeased, they gave the group of 17 monks a blow. Important side note. Uh, in old-timey English, that, was, that, that meant that they punched them, so yeah. Anyway, uh, that was Pachytia 74. Um, angry and displeased, they raised a hand to the group of 17 monks in Pakitiya 75. They defamed a monk with an unfounded charge entailing a formal meeting in Pachytia 76. They made the group of 17 monks sad. By telling them, you know, there's a rule against initiating monks under 20. And you guys are all way under 20. Maybe you're not really monks. They cried, you know. Pachitia 77, that was. Uh, They quarreled with well-behaved monks and then eavesdropped and overheard the well-behaved monks complaining about them and saying they're shameless. And then jumped out and said, ah, you have insulted us. You're guilty of... That, but no, you're guilty of eavesdropping, guys. Pacitia 78. They gave consent to one, uh, they gave consent for one of them to represent all six of them in a formal act to be carried out against all of them for indulging in bad habits. Then afterward, they claimed that it was invalid because they hadn't given consent for that one to represent all six of them, which they had. That's Pakitya 79. They gave consent for one to represent all six in a formal act to be carried out against them. And that one during the meeting stood up and walked out. That was Pakitia 80. One time when Daba the Malian's robe became thin, the order gave him a new one, and the six said, a group of six monks said, the order gives robes according to acquaintanceship. In Pakitya 81. When a certain guild was going to present the order with robe material, the group of six monks said, give it to these monks. It doesn't, it's not really clear which monks, maybe themselves or some other specific group. That was Bagadia 82. Don't do that. Entering the village at the wrong time, they talked of worldly talk. Talk of kings, talk of thieves, talk of great ministers, talk of armies, talk of fears, talk of battles, talk of food, talk of drink, clothes, beds, garlands, scents, relations, vehicles, villages, little towns, talk of towns, talk of the country, talk of women, talk of strong drink, talk of streets, of wells, of those departed before, about diversity, speculation about the world, speculation about the sea, Talk on becoming and not becoming thus or thus don't do that. Alright. In that was Pagitia eighty five. In Pagetia eighty eight they had a chair made covered with cotton. Then in Pati Desania, which is confession two, the group of six nuns Seem like they're not properly dressed, but that's not what this is about. Um, Obviously, they're represented by um, the Sailor Scouts, Sailor Moon, Jupiter, Venus, Mercury, and Mars, obviously. But anyway, we'll get to them later. So in this, uh, the, the, the rule was something the monks did wrong. So what happened was the group of six nuns were directing people to give food to the group of six monks. And the group of six monks did not restrain the group of six nuns. So the group of six monks did something wrong by not restraining the nuns. The nuns didn't do anything wrong. Interesting, huh? Patidesamia II, that was. Okay, we're done for now with the uh, group of six monks. So this this can uh, move forward. The Venerable Upananda. The son of the Sakyans, he's uh, represented here uh, as Zahir from, Lord, uh, from Legend of Korra, sequel to Last Airbender. Upananda rem- uh, demanded a householder give him a robe in Nisagia 6. Upananda said, make my robe like this in Nisagia 8 and 9, with some slight variation in uh, the stories. He refused to wait one day for his new robe that was being gifted to him in Nisagya 10. Upananda accepted a kahapana, which is kind of like money, instead of the meat that he was expecting in Nisagia 18. The, the, the guy was like, oh, I didn't have, I don't have the meat I promised I was going to give you. Uh, I gave it to my son in the middle of the night. Can I give you money instead and you can go buy the meat? And he was like... I'm not supposed to, but all right. (laughs) So, Then uh, anyway, in uh, Nisagya 20, he engaged in bartering. Upananda asked his brother's cellmate to go on a tour of the country with him. And his brother's cellmate was like, oh, my robe isn't good enough. And so he gave him a new robe. Upananda gave this guy a new robe. Then the guy uh, heard that Lord Buddha was going on a tour of the country. And he's like, oh, I'm going to go with Lord Buddha. And when Upananda uh, said, okay, let's go on tour of the country, he's like, oh, I'm not going with you. I'm going with Lord Buddha. He's like, oh, yeah, well, that robe's going to go with me. And he tore it off of him in anger. So don't tear robes off of people in anger, Nisagaya 25. In Nisagaya 27, Upananda heard a robe was to be prepared for him by a donor. And he told the weaver of that family, make it evenly woven, well woven, well scraped, and well combed. Nisikiya 27. Next, he tells his brother's cellmate, let's go for alms today. And then at the last minute, he's like, don't come with me. I can't stand you. I don't like being around you. You make me miserable. And uh, so that monk went hungry. Some kind of issue going on between Upananda and his brother's cellmate, if you ask me. Pakitia 42, that was. He sat in the home of a married couple the husband was looking at his wife, and he was like, hey, monk, uh, I think it's time for you to go. And uh, the wife saw the husband looking at her like that, and she was like, uh, Ubananda, don't go. Don't listen to my husband. Stay. Stay a while. And then the husband was like, no, go. And she was like, stay. And he was like, well, I'll stay. Don't do that, Upananda. <laughs> Let the husband be alone with his wife, apparently, is the rule, right? Um, so then, uh, later he went to a friend's house. Uh, his friend wasn't home. So he sat alone together with the man's wife in his home. Don't do that. Pocky TF44. He went to a friend's house. His friend wasn't home. So he sat together with the man's wife in a private place. I guess maybe not in the home, but somewhere else. So he's like, well, we can't stay in the home. They made a new rule because of last time. So why don't we go sit under that tree?" That was Pakitiya 45. He was called upon by a specific family for a meal. He stopped to visit other families on his way and ended up arriving late in Pakitiya 46. Uh, Upananda, having assigned a robe to his brother's cellmate, made use of it without asking his brother's cellmate, right? Pakitiya 59, that was. He um, asked another monk to conceal his crime of intentionally emitting semen, and uh, in this case, it was the other monk, the one who concealed it, that got in trouble, though presumably Upananda, there's reference made to his being on probation for masturbating, even though we didn't get to hear about it directly in the uh, Tibitaka. So that one was Pagitea 64, don't conceal information about a fellow monk spanking the monkey. Next... The venerable Pilindavacha, here represented by no face from Spirited Away. That might make sense in a minute, if you've seen Spirited Away. So, uh, he wanted to clear a cave. The king was like, hey, what's going on with that cave? And, uh, you know, why don't you come work for me? And you're so great, you know, like, I'll, I'll give you servants, right? And uh, and so, at one point, Pilindavacha heard a girl in the village crying, and he went and asked, why is she crying? And they said, well, all the other little girls have ornaments and things to wear, and she doesn't have it. So he put together some grass and said, have her put this upon her head. And they put it on her head, and it turned to a gold tiara. So this guy's magical, like no face. He can manifest gold, right? And so the king hears about this and arrests the girl's family, thinking they must have stolen it, probably from him or one of his you know, concubines or whatever. And uh, so uh, Pelin Devacha goes to the king and says, uh, hey, why'd you arrest that family? And he's like, well, she had this gold thing. And uh, he's like, well, so how long has your palace here been gold? And suddenly the palace turned to gold. And the king's like, oh, okay, you're freaking magic, you know. And so um, word got out, and people were bringing all kinds of food and abundant medicines and honey and all kinds of stuff. And so uh, uh, Pelin Devacha was distributing it Uh, to the monks that were around him, and so they all got in trouble for living in, like, total abundance and decadence. (laughs) So that's fun. Next, Hataka, the son of the Sakyans, here represented by Retcon, or Bretcon, if you will. That will make sense if you've seen that episode. Otherwise, just ignore it. Uh, From Rick and Morty. He was overthrown in debate. He was talking with other sects, holding other views, so non-Buddhists. He was debating with non-Buddhists, and he was on the side of Buddhism, right? But he, having denied something, would acknowledge it. Having acknowledged something, would deny it. He shelved a question by asking another question. He told a conscious lie, and having made a rendezvous, he deceived with words. Don't do that, Hataka, the son of the Sakyans. Pakitya expiation one. That's the only rule he's in that we've heard about so far. Next, the Venerable Anuradha, here uh, shown as Gaston from Beauty and the Beast, Gaston. He lied down in a sleeping place with a woman. See, what happened was, he's actually one of the ten principal disciples, so uh, he was walking, uh, just to cut short this, you know, he said, can I sleep in your rest house? Like, you know, uh, these days it'd be like a hotel, you know, or a guest house. Someone has a spare room, an Airbnb, right? Room in the back. And, uh, then some other travelers and said, Hey, can we stay in your guest house and, uh, or in your rest home or whatever, rest house. And she's like, ah, oh, that really good-looking monk is uh i told him he could stay there but now he's going to be crowded with these like random travelers so she's like hey hey monk why don't you come sleep in my sleeping place right and then you know after everybody's gone to sleep she's like you know you're really attractive i'm really attracted to you All right don't you find me attractive men find me so attractive but i just think you're so attractive and the fact that you're a monk and she starts like undressing and stuff and he resists he doesn't touch her right he was a good boy but the rule that got established that day was don't share a sleeping place with a lady. Uh, that's Pocketia 6. Next, we have, as promised, the group of 17 monks. Um, now, there's a story we'll get to later where, uh, basically, they, they were initiated very young. And then as a result of their being initiated as monks, a new rule was established that you have to be 20 years old in the ancient order to become a monk. So they were the the ones that slipped through before. And apparently they were like seven or eight. Like they were really young is the the way they were behaving. Um, So hence Muppet Babies uh, representing the group of 17 monks. Having spread a sleeping place in a dwelling belonging to the order, they set forth for the day without removing Mm -hmm. their sleeping, you know, like their sleeping bags or whatever. They just got up and left. Kid stuff. Pachitia 15. They went to... That was Pachitia 15. Next is Pachitia 37. They went to a festival on a mountaintop and ate solid food at the wrong time. Oh, you guys. Always getting bullied by the the group of six monks, uh, but they're... Their rules that they broke are, they seem really minor, right? Next, they sported in the water. Apparently, don't do that. If you're going to be a monk, you don't get to play water polo. Paciteo 53. That's the ancient order, by the way. Probably today, it's, you can get away with a little water sports, I think. Comment below if you're a monk today on uh, whether or not you're allowed to, to sport in the water. Next, the venerable... Kula Pampaka, here shown as, of course, Clark Kent, Superman. He gave a boring exhortation to nuns. They were like, this is so boring. But then he levitated, and they were like, this is so good. I love your exhortation. Tell us more. And uh, they ended up staying out staying past sunset. Don't do that. Nuns got to go home before sunset. Pagatia 22, that was. Next, the venerable Bella um, here shown as Uncle Iroh, who we love, from Avatar the Last Airbender. He dried and stored some boiled rice he had received when he went uh, begging for alms, and then uh, stored it and ate it later. Don't do that, apparently. of 38, that was. Seemed like the sort of thing that he would do, but he's more more interested in tea, but I think he's also interested in rice when he gets hungry. Next. The Venerable Ananda. Now, Ananda, of course, is one of the ten principal disciples. In fact, he's one of like the top two principal disciples. If I'm not mistaken, I think he's a cousin of Lord Buddha as well. But he's the good cousin, right? Um, So here he's represented by Guru Patik from Avatar the Last Airbender. If you don't know who that is, I recommend watching Avatar the Last Airbender, the old cartoon, Nickelodeon cartoon, the whole thing. I'm, not just the episode he's in, just watch the whole show. It's worth it. And when you when you get to see this character in the show, you'll be like, now I understand why he wanted me to watch this show. Avatar The Last Airbender, write it down. Not the movie, not the live-action movie, not the movie with the blue people called The Avatar, but the cartoon of so many series, uh, seasons, I don't know how many, four, four seasons, maybe five, uh, called Avatar The Last Airbender. Maybe it was three seasons. I'm not sure. Anyway, uh, the venerable Ananda gave two cakes to a female wanderer. They had a lot of cakes that day, and he was just distributing them. Uh, he meant to give her one, but there were two stuck together. He wasn't thinking he didn't notice, and he just gave her two. People were like, why did you give me two? Hmm? So Lord Buddha said, don't give food to female wanderers. <laughs> All right, different time. That was Pakitea 41. Um, so having been appointed, this is Ananda again, having been appointed to teach the women in the court of King Pasanetti of Kosala, one day Ananda, the venerable, um, arrived unannounced and walked in and accidentally saw the king and queen undressed together. Uh, right. So that was Pachitia 83. Thank you, Ananda, for being here today. Next Upali! Baby Kermit. You saw him before. He was one of the 17 monks, right? His parents said, if he becomes a monk, he'll be well taken care of. And he overheard his parents and he went and told his 16 friends and then they all became monks. The monk who initiated him got in trouble uh, for initiating children. I mean, the rule was established based on what he did. So he wasn't in trouble for the rule because the rule didn't exist yet, right? Does that make sense? Um, so, the monk Arita, who'd uh, previously been a vulture trainer. Thank you for the vulture noise, editor Edward. So here he's represented by Honest John Fellow from uh, Pinocchio, the old cartoon, um, because he wouldn't stop saying... The Dhamma taught by the Lord, as I understand it, is that in, the, in doing the things he calls stumbling blocks, one finds they are not stumbling blocks at all, and he wouldn't stop saying that. Um, so they, the, the, they uh, it was a pachytir rule, sixty-eight, and they also shunned him. The, he, no one was allowed to talk to him until he stopped saying that. Right. Next, we have the novice Khandaka. Looks a little similar to the monk Arita, but this time it's Nick Wilde from Zootopia. And he was a novice, not a monk yet, but he was a novice who wouldn't stop saying the same thing. The Dhammatopite Lord, as I understand it, is in doing the things he calls stumbling blocks. One finds they are not stumbling blocks Oh That was Pachytia seventy. Next, the Venerable Nanda, not to be confused with Ananda. Here represented uh, as Prince Charming from Cinderella. Uh, so he was said to be good to look upon and charming. He wore uh, one day he wore a welfarer's robe, and monks from a distance thought he was the Lord. Apparently, Lord Buddha wore something called a welfarer's robe. So they made a rule: don't do that. Wear a normal monk's robe, not the Buddha's monk's robe. That was Pagetia 92. So there you have the entire rogues gallery from the rules for monks. Uh, moving along. The rules for nuns. First, the nun Sundarinanda, here represented as Samantha from Bewitched. She was also beautiful, good to look upon, and charming. One day, filled with desire, she consented to making physical contact with a man who was also filled with desire. That was bikuni Vibhanga, Parajika 1. So we're back to the big rules, Parajika, that we started with, except this one, this time it's for nuns. Bikuni Vibhanga, not um, the other Vibhanga. And then another time... She, filled with desire, accepted food from a man who was also filled with desire. That was Sangha Decessa V. The nun Tulananda, here shown uh, represented by the wicked stepmother from Cinderella, Lady Tremaine. She knew that Sundarinanda had become pregnant, uh, but... uh, Tulananda didn't tell anyone. So you're supposed to tell on your fellow monk or nun. If a nun, if you're a monk and another monk is spanking the monkey, you have to tell on him. If you're a nun and the nun next to you is pregnant, you have to tell on them. You're not allowed to keep it a secret. In the old order, Um, she said she's like a sister to me. Her shame is also my shame. How could I reveal it? You know. So, so that was uh, the nun Tulananda, Parajika two. Next. She imitated the monk Arita, who you had previously, who had previously been a vulture trainer, <laughs> saying that whole thing about the Buddhist Dhamma, as I understand it, is do the things he says not to do. Right? That was Parajika 3. Um, next, she refused to give back a storeroom that had been donated to the order of nuns by the father of two brothers. So a man was devout and gave this storehouse to the nuns and then he died and his kids said we want that back and uh, She actually went to court over it and the court ruled in her favor And so the order got a bad reputation for like taking people to court and stuff like that So they they just give it back like if the kids of the person who donated it It's like hey, we need that like just give it back, right? That's the rule Um, That was song in one next She knowingly initiated a nun who was wanted for a crime punishable by death. The crime was adultery, by the way. It's a different time. And uh, she was also a thief because she had taken some some stuff from her own house, which apparently that stuff was considered to be her husband's, who she was running out on. So she was a thief and wanted for a crime punishable by death. So you can't initiate her as a nun without getting permission from the order of nuns. See, that's that's why you want to like listen to the whole rule, not just these synopses. Anyway, uh, next, a group of nuns waited until Tulananda was away and made a formal act against the nun Khandakali, uh, who was a nun who made strife, quarrels, contention, brawls, and disputes. They wanted to suspend her for not seeing an offense, and uh, when Tulananda heard that her friend or whatever had been kicked out, she gathered a different group of nuns and restored the nun. So that was, don't do that, Tulananda. That was Sangha Decesa 4 in the Bikunavibanga. Next, uh, students of Tulananda were living in company of evil habits, of evil repute, evil ways of living, vexing the order of nuns, which they explain uh, as when they're having a formal meeting, they always uh, object to, um, you know, any uh, rule being pronounced against the other sisters in their little clique, right? Um, vexing the order of nuns, that's called, and concealing each other's sins. They did this in Sangha Decessa 9. Then, in Sangha Decesa 10, Tulananda, after being admonished, told her students, go ahead and live as though in company and of evil habits, evil repute, evil ways, and vexing the order of nuns and concealing each other's sins. Other nuns do it, and they don't get in trouble. They're targeting you, you know. So she got in trouble, you know, don't do that. Don't don't say that, basically, is the rule that was established in Sangha Nisesa 10 after she did that. Next, as already mentioned, the nun Khandakali. Here, represented uh, as Azula, the Fire Princess from Avatar, the Last Airbender. As I mentioned, she made strife, quarrels, contention, brawls, and disputes. One day, in frustration, she said, I repudiate, meaning I refuse to believe, the Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha, the training. Who are these recluses, the daughters of the Sakyans, the Buddhist nuns? There are other better recluses. I'll go lead the Dharma life among. She said this in Sangha Nisessa 7, and apparently didn't leave. I think if she had walked out, then they wouldn't have been putting her on trial for saying that, right? Uh, Then a different time, following some legal proceeding, she said, the nuns are following a wrong course through hatred, desire, stupidity, and fear. That was Sangha Nisessa 8. Okay, now we have the group of six nuns you saw before. Uh, They consented to hold the hand of a male person who was filled with desire. They took hold of his outer robe, the, uh, the edge of his outer robe. They stood and talked with a man. They went to a rendezvous with a man. They consented to a man approaching them. They went to a covered place with him, and they disposed the body for such a purpose I'm not sure what that means, because what I think it means was already Parajika 1, and this is Parajika 4. So, there you have the complete rogues gallery of uh, the Tipitaka up till now. And uh, just a little bit of bonus material. Uh, There were the, the very bottom rung of rules where they say it's just a wrongdoing. Um, so there's, you know, you get kicked out, the Parajika, the Sangha Nisesa, Nisagya, all these different levels. And then at the very bottom, they have rules that they call training. I've put them in, a, if you're looking on the list of episodes, uh, they're the ones called Sekiyadama, which just means good behavior. They're in, in the Tipitaka, they're not called the Sekiyadama. I've chosen to use that phrase to, uh, because that's kind of what, what it's related to. So... They all um, have to do, I mean, not every sekhiadama. some of them are, there was a certain monk, or there was, you know, two monks, but most of them are the group of six monks. So we're going to come back to the group of six monks, a little bit of bonus six monks. These are very, very small rules that were established based on their behavior. I'll just run through it real quick. Wearing an inner robe hanging down in front and behind, and behind Sekiadama one. Upper robe hanging in front and behind Sekiadama two they went amongst houses with their bodies uncovered in Sekidama three in Sekiadama number four, they sat down amongst the houses with their bodies uncovered. Five they went amongst the houses making play with their hands and feet. Six they sat down amongst the houses, making play with their hands and feet. Seven they went amongst the houses looking here and there. eight they sat down amongst the houses looking here and there. 9 They went amongst the houses lifting their robes, lifting up their robes. 10 They sat down amongst the houses lifting up their robes. 11 They went amongst the houses, laughing a great laugh. 12 They sat down amongst the houses, laughing a great laugh. 13 They went amongst the houses making a loud noise. 14 They sat down amongst the houses making a loud noise. 15 They went amongst the houses, swaying the body. 16, they sat down amongst the houses, swaying the body. 17, they went amongst the houses with their arms swaying. 18, they sat amongst the houses with their arms swaying. 19, they went amongst the houses swaying their heads. 20, they sat amongst the houses swaying their heads. 21, they went amongst the houses with their arms akimbo, like Peter Pan or Superman. Um, 22, they sat amongst their houses, with, amongst the houses with their arms akimbo. Uh, 23, they went amongst the houses with their upper robes over their heads, like Beavis doing Cornholio. Uh, 24, they sat amongst the houses with their upper robes over their heads. 20, 25, they went amongst the houses crouching down on their heels. 26, they sat amongst the houses lolling, lolling which is apparently like lollygagging. I'm, I'm thinking maybe... Our lollygagging is the ori- is uh, originated in this British word, lolling. It's just a guess. Comment below, linguistics uh, professionals. Accepted alms food inattentively. That was uh, son, uh, Sekia Dama 27. 28, they accepted alms food while looking here and there. 29, they accepted much curry with their alms food. 30, they accepted heaped up alms food. Thirty-one, they ate alms food inattentively. Thirty-two, they ate alms food while looking here and there. Thirty-three, having chosen here and there, they ate alms food. So they specifically targeted the people they knew had the good food, right? Thirty-four, eating alms food, they ate much curry. Thirty-five, having chosen from the top, ate alms food. Thirty-six, covered up curry and condiment with kanji, desiring something more. 37. Having asked for curry and kanji for themselves, they ate it. 38. They looked at others' bowls, captious-mindedly, like jealous of what they had. You know, the other monks had gotten on their alms tours, begging for food. You know. 39. They made up large mouthfuls. 40. They made up long pieces of food. 41. They opened the door of the face when the mouthful was not brought close. So they opened their mouth wide before the food was about to go in, right? Um, 42, while eating, they put the whole hand into the mouth. 43, they talked with a mouthful in the mouth. I approve of that rule. Don't talk with your mouthful. 44, they ate tossing up balls of food. 45, they ate breaking up the mouthfuls. 46, they ate stuffing their cheeks. 47, they ate shaking the hands about. Forty-eight, they ate scattering lumps of boiled rice everywhere. Forty-nine, they ate putting out their tongues. Fifty, they ate smacking their lips. Fifty-two, they ate licking the fingers. So we skipped from fifty to fifty-two, because fifty-one wasn't about the group of six months. Fifty-three, they ate licking the bowl. Fifty-four, they ate licking their lips. Fifty-five, they accepted a drinking cup with their hands soiled with food. Fifty, that was fifty-five. Fifty-six, they threw out amidst the houses rinsings from their bowls, which included lumps of rice. Fifty-seven, they taught Dhamma to someone who had a sunshade in his hand. Fifty-eight, they taught Dhamma to someone with a staff in his hand. Fifty-nine, they taught some Dhamma to someone with a knife in his hand. Uh, Sixty, they taught Dhamma to someone with a weapon in his hand. Sixty-one, they taught Dama to someone who was wearing shoes. Sixty-two, they taught Dhamma to someone who was wearing sandals. Sixty-three, they taught someone in a vehicle. Sixty-four, they taught someone in a bed. Sixty-five, they taught someone who was sitting down lolling. Uh, Sixty-six, they taught someone who was wearing a turban on his head. I'm sorry, Bugs Bunny. It's, you know, it's the rules. It's not, it's not me. I'm not you know, racist. Uh, okay, so they taught someone, uh 67, they taught someone whose head was muffled up. 68, the uh, six monks sat on the ground and taught someone who was sitting on a seat. 69, they sat on a low seat and taught someone who was sitting on a high seat. 70, they, while standing, taught someone who was sitting. 71, they were walking behind some people and teaching them the Dhamma. <clears throat> And uh, 72, these six were going along the side of a path and taught someone who was walking along the path. In uh, Sekiya Dhamma 73, they peed standing up. Apparently, you know, it splashes up under their robes, so don't do that. In uh, 74, they peed and spat on green corn. And finally, in Sekiadama Dhamma 75, they peed and spat. In the water. Thank you to uh, all the rogues in the rogues gallery. That was fun, and uh, that's that's our celebration of uh, this being the one hundredth recital of the Tipitaka on the Buddhist Books podcast. And now, without further ado, I'm going to get to today's reading. <clears throat> Nisagia one. Nisagia means forfeiture. At that time, the Enlightened One, the Lord, was staying at Savati in the Jetta Grove in Anata Pindika's monastery. Now, at that time, the group of six nuns—see, <laughs> now I've got these great illustrations for when their names come up—they made a horde of many bowls, People— Engaged in touring the dwelling place and seeing this hoard, this hoard being in parentheses, looked down upon, criticized, spread it about, saying, "How can these nuns make a hoard of many bowls? Will these nuns do a trade in bowls, or will they set up an earthenware shop?" And quote "Nuns heard these people who three dots spread it about. Those who were modest nuns, three dots, spread it about, saying, quote, How can this group of six nuns make a horde of many bulls? End quote. Three dots. Quote, Is it true, as is said, monks, that the group of six nuns has made a horde of bulls? End quote. Quote, It is true, Lord. End quote. Quote, the enlightened one, the Lord, rebuked them, saying, quote, how, monks, can this group of six nuns make a horde of bowls? It is not, monks, for pleasing those who are not, parentheses yet, and parentheses pleased. Three dots, this rule of training. Whatever nun should make a horde of bowls, there is an offense of expiation involving forfeiture. End quote. Whatever means. We did it last time. We'll do it in a couple more episodes. None means. Three dots. Bowl means there are two parentheses kinds of and parentheses bowls. An iron bowl, a clay bowl. There are three sizes for a bowl. A large bowl, A medium-sized bowl, a small bowl. A large bowl means that it takes half an alhaka measure of boiled rice or a quarter of that quantity of uncooked rice or a suitable curry. A medium-sized bowl means that it takes a malika, a nalika, right, Measure of boiled rice, a quarter of that quantity of uncooked rice, a suitable curry. A small bowl means that it takes a papa measure of boiled rice, a quarter of that quantity of uncooked rice, a suitable curry. Parentheses, a bowl and parentheses greater than that is not a bowl. Parentheses, a bowl and parentheses smaller than. Than then that, and parentheses is not a bowl. Should make a hoard means what is not allotted, what is not assigned. It is to be forfeit, forfeited means it should be forfeited at sunrise. It should be forfeited to an order or to a group or to one nun. And thus, monks, should it be forfeited that nun, having approached an order, having arranged her upper robe over one shoulder, having honored the feet of the senior nuns, having sat down on her haunches, having saluted with joined palms, should speak thus, quote unquote, ladies, this bowl is to be forfeited by me. A night having elapsed, I forfeit it to the order. End quote within quotes. Having forfeited it, the offense should be confessed. The offense should be acknowledged by an experienced, competent nun. The bowl forfeited should be given back, parentheses with the words, end parentheses, quote within quotes, ladies. Let the order listen to me. This bowl of the nun so-and-so, which had to be forfeited, is forfeited, parentheses, by her, and parentheses, to the order. If it, see, if it seems right to the order, let the order give back this bowl to the nun so-and-so. End quote, quotes. That nun, having approached several nuns, having arranged her upper robe over one shoulder, three dots, having saluted with joined palms, should speak thus. Quote within quotes. Ladies, this bowl is to be forfeited by me, a night having elapsed. I forfeit it to the ladies. End quote within quotes. Having forfeited it, the offense should be confessed. The offense should be acknowledged by an experienced, competent nun. The bowl forfeited should be given back, parentheses, with the words and parentheses, quote within quotes, let the ladies listen to me this bowl of the nun so and so which had to be forfeited is forfeited parentheses by her and parentheses to the ladies if it seems right to the ladies let the ladies give back this bowl to the nun so and so and quotes that nun having approached one nun they arranged her upper robe over one shoulder having sat down on her haunches having saluted with joined palms should speak thus quote, unquote, "lady this bowl is to be forfeited by me a night having elapsed i forfeit it to the lady and "having forfeited it the offence should be confessed the offence should be acknowledged by this nun the bowl forfeited should be given back. Parentheses with the words and parentheses. I will give back this bowl to the lady. End quote. Words. If she thinks that a night has elapsed when it has elapsed, there is an offensive expiation involving forfeiture. If she is in doubt as to whether a night has elapsed, three dots. If she thinks that a night has not elapsed when it has elapsed, there is an offense of expiation involving forfeiture. If she thinks that it is allotted when it is not allotted, three dots. If she thinks that it is assigned when it is not assigned, three dots. It's an offense of expiation involving forfeiture, in other words. If she thinks that it is bestowed when it is not bestowed, same. If she thinks that it is lost when it is not lost, three dots. If she thinks that it is destroyed when it is not destroyed, three dots. If she thinks that it is broken when it is not broken, three dots. If she thinks that it is stolen when it is not stolen, there is an offense of expiation involving forfeiture. If not having forfeited the bowl which had to be forfeited, she makes use of it, there is an offense of wrongdoing. If she thinks that a night has elapsed when it has not elapsed, there is an offense of wrongdoing. If she is in doubt as to whether a night has not elapsed, there is an offensive wrongdoing. If she thinks that a night has not elapsed when it has not elapsed, there is no offense. There is no offense if, before sunrise, it is allotted, assigned, bestowed, lost, destroyed, broken. If they tear it from her, if they take it on trust, if she is mad, if she is... The first wrongdoer. Then the group of six nuns did not give back a bull that was forfeited. They told this matter three dots to the Lord. He said, Monks, a bull that is forfeited is not to be given back. Whosoever should not give it back, there is an offense wrongdoing. Okay, all right. End quote. So there you have it, Nisagia 1 and the Rogues Gallery. This was a bit of a longer one. I hope you enjoyed it, and uh, there it is. Um, I hope everyone's having a fantastic week or month whenever it is that you're seeing this, and I look forward to Tipitaka 101. I will go ahead and close with the prayer that my father and I used to do every morning as I was growing up. To the north and to the south, to the east and to the west, to the spirits of light among us and to the spirits below, we send out our reverent love and compassion. May all beings be happy. May all beings be serene. May all beings be in peace. Until next time.